On this episode of Another Way to See It, Kim and Tara talk about resistance. Resistance is something that we all have. It looks different in all of us, but it's the feeling of not wanting to do something and not necessarily knowing why, just knowing that we don't want to do it. And the issue is to come into greater understanding about what resistance looks like within ourselves and how do we meet the resistance do we give in to resistance? Do we get curious about it? And what information can resistance offer us? It's a great conversation, and we hope that you find it very useful too. So thanks for tuning in to another way to see it. Thanks for tuning in to the Another Way to See It podcast. I'm Kim Moran, joined today by Tara Jones. Randy is not with us today, so we're going to just jam on some stuff that we've been thinking about. How are you, Tara? I'm doing okay. I'm glad to be through the holidays. I've been really enjoying my January so far, like a, a month of rest. And uh, just to let everyone know, my voice is coming back online because I was sick with COVID. I was one of the people that got a um, infected through the holidays. I have no idea how it happened because I'm very careful. Um, luckily no one I work with, uh, got it. So that makes me happy. And, um, yeah, I'm just recovering. So you might hear me cough a little bit and my, my voice is a little raspy, but definitely high spirits and about 99% better. So you look good. Yeah. Thank you. I feel good. I feel like I I got reborn a little bit, like uh, just the dark place that I was in the last couple months. And I I don't even know if I want to call it darkness at this point. I want to call it more like the forging. I feel like I walked through a fire and I felt like getting COVID in a way was the physical manifestation of what I, it's like the last cleansing that I had to do. Uh, so my energy feels really high and I feel very inspired right now. That's awesome. Here we are. Happy new year, by the way. Yeah. Happy late birthday. Oh, it's thank been a, you. And that too. And I turned 47. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah. December was rough. I think it was a rough ending, but um, go out with a bang. I guess that's what we could say. I, uh, before we start, I had, I, I cracked myself up yesterday because I, I was kind of reflecting back on an image of myself going into the new year. And it really felt like it was like, I got this image of like dragging myself over the finish line. It just cracked me up. I mean, literally that's what it felt like. And just all the way crawling, dragging. <laughs> yeah. I can resonate with that. I feel like maybe that's our like Capricorn nature or whatever, but yeah, I definitely felt like that. So to be in this new month, it seems really nice. Mm. But as, as you said, you were reflecting and I've been reflecting and something that came up for me was taking a look at my own resistance to things, certain things, yeah. and really diving into what that is. So I've had a couple of 
interesting experiences with this, but I will throw it back to you and say, do you ever experience resistance and how do you process that? And does that resonate? Mm. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I look back on the last couple of months as a complete resistance to what was happening to me, even though I can see now in retrospect, and I always know there is going to be a point where I hit a peak on a mountain where I can look back on the climb. So there is never loss in confidence that that will happen. But in the experience, there is a battle that happens. There's a forging that's necessary. And then I feel like the battle is with myself and that's the resistance part. Um, so yeah, I can speak about resistance a lot and I can laugh about it now because it's, it's, it's lost its grip on me. So the interesting thing for me was that it speaks so loudly when I hear myself saying, no, I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. internally, but it says, "Mm, no, I, the other aspect of me is, oh, how come? What's that about? So I have this really detailed, in-depth, internal dialogue with myself. And it's, it's really funny when you start to do this work. And everybody's different, of course, but I literally will have a conversation with myself. And oh. I'll hear, no, I'm not going to do that. And then I say, oh, why aren't you going to do that? And then I'll get an answer from my ego. I think it's from my ego. And it'll say something like, I'm just not going to do that because I don't want to, or because of X, Y, and Z. And I have to really get clear that the X, Y, and Z part, the the first answer that comes is not the truth. So Mm -hmm. this is really interesting. I say that the first answer that comes up is kind of the gatekeeper to whatever happened in the past that informed that response or triggered that response. So I'll give you a really concrete example. I signed up for this camp. It's 21 days, uh, plant-based nutrition, exercise, meditation, breath work. I was super excited. I think I spoke about it on a previous episode to start the year with this. And when I started getting into the food section, it was really difficult food stuff. It's complicated recipes and really like a lot of ingredients. I went shopping. There must've been like 80 things on the list. Okay. And I just said, oh, I'm not going to do that. I already eat. I'm already a vegetarian. I already know about this. I had to get really curious about why I didn't want to just do the program. And when I did, it led me down a path to really early experiences in childhood where I had a lot of food allergies. Um, I never felt really good. And then on and on up through my teenage years, eating disorders, up through injuries and then soothing myself with food and then getting sick and then healing myself with food. It's very complicated. Mm. So for me to just say, well, I don't need to do that because I already know how to eat. If I had stopped there, I wouldn't have been able to connect the dots to my path. Where did this begin? The origin. Not only that, not only connecting the dots to my past, but also seeing how my kids are terrible eaters not because I didn't try. I fed them all you know, breast milk and then organic food and all the best things. They just didn't want it. And so I had to look at that connection forward. So backwards and forwards, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that's good, bad, and 
all the stuff in between, but the resistance was kind of keeping me from seeing all of that. And I guess I can understand why I had so much resistance because that was a lot to see. Right. Yeah. I like that you're, you're mentioning that. Yeah. And if I hadn't been the person that I am, I don't think I could have maybe dealt with that in the same way. Mm. Yeah. I like that you're mentioning that because there's something about certain aspects of our experience that feel very personal and there's a lot of emotion tied to that personal experience. And that's usually where that resistance comes in. And so we, we label it as good or bad experience. And then, and then we kind of push it away to, to not deal with it or we label it somehow. So it just kind of fits lightly into our lives. But the fact that you're um, actually embracing embracing that there was a lot there. It's honoring. It's not saying that my relationship to food in the past or going to the future is bad. It's just saying there's a lot there. So then you can have a lot more space around. I mean, what was your experience once you actually like held that knowledge? Did it shift at all? Um, I will say that the program that I'm currently in is complicated food. But having gone through that experience, I was able to say, okay, I understand that that might seem frightening or scary or overwhelming or difficult, or you may not like it. And yet you said yes. Mm. So something in that is for you. Try it. All you have to do is try it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it shed a lot of light about why. And also we talk a lot on this show about the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it made me understand the stories that I told myself and why I told myself those things. So there was a lot of, I would say, um, reconciliation or healing or something around that when I actually got past the gatekeeper, which in my mind looks like a tough, you know, kind of stocky person saying like, you can't get through. I just don't yeah. want to, you know, it's and it's so, like, yeah, okay. Child. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. stupid. Look at this stupid list. <laughs> oh, I had all of it. I had the whole temper tantrum <laughs> and everything. And, you know, um, also, it's such great information going forward in your course that you're doing, because then you just know like, oh, that section of it, probably there's going to be triggered again. It, it might not go away through the whole course. You might still have that, the thoughts in your head, like this is, you know. Just to let you guys know, this is a really difficult list of food. You know, it's like, it's just your narrative because it's your personal experience around it. Right. I look back. So that experience allowed me to say, oh, so this, you've done this before, Mm. right? You've been here before. But when I, when I found resistance, like in the past, I didn't have the tools that I have today to investigate that. So I really feel like in this coming year, 2022, when I feel resistance, I now have a map of how to deal with it that I didn't have before. 
Mm. you know, and it's so empowering to feel like you just have to be curious about what it is and ask questions. And I like what you said about not labeling it good or bad. It's just, what is this all about? You know, Mm. why do you feel so strongly about this? To let the first answer come and then to keep going, okay, I hear that. And what else? What else is there? Mm-hmm. And un- un- let it unfold and unfold and unfold. Yeah. And um, what I experienced through these last couple of months is really, really becoming even deeper, a deeper knowledge around as I strip it away, like going into the feeling state of what's behind it. Like, what does it actually feel like in my body when I think of this list of food, you know, what's happening in my visceral experience? Um, It's to boil it down to like lower and lower and lower emotions that have were built up years ago from reactions that then layer, layer, layer. And to, and I found by doing that is like, I'm able to come actually more into the present moment and less personalized. It's like my personal experience along with the nowness of the moment of curiosity is like all of a sudden just allows space for answers to bubble out still a very new investigation I've been doing with myself um, or a deeper, I'd say a deeper level of investigation I've been doing with myself and what I want to start bringing with to clients. Um, but it's, it's something I think there's a, when we have resistance, there's like a clamp down of the experience. And like you, you called it ego. It's like the, the, most personalized experience of uh, ourselves. And so there's just no room to see anything else. Um, It's very hard to move in that space. So um, yeah, the, the, the process of investigating literally in the moment, how am I feeling about this? Like not, 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 not through our minds, because the mind has the whole storyline. I feel angry because da, 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 da. No, it's like, no, what does anger feel like in my body right now? And then, you know, then the more truthful part of the, the story comes out. It's interesting that you say that because I just had a discussion with a friend of mine who was really in his head about something, you know, and I said, I said something to him like those experiences, you know, whatever, I think he was talking about some abandonment issues that he had. And I said, those experiences, you can talk about it in talk therapy, but you're talking about a somatic experience. Mm -hmm. And so you have to deal with it on two, on both sides. You have to deal with the somatic experience of what's happening And you have to understand the stories that you've told yourself so that you are aware of how we deceive ourselves in certain ways, right? So it has to be both. And it just depends on what kind of a person you are. If you like to deal with the story, the intellectual side first, before you drop into the body, 
But I also told my friend, he said, he was saying something like women are better at this. And I said, honey, we all have brain cells in our heart. Okay. So you're worried about abandoning this logic drop down your body is a brain. Like it has a brain. So you won't abandon logic. It's just, it's coming through with different, it's presenting information differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, literally we won't abandon logic because it's so hardwired <laughs> in us. There's no possible way. It's just literally practicing becoming somatically aware and wow when you start doing that the the wealth of information and then to just be able to sit in it because that's the most the hardest part and it's where the resistance is is there's a part of us that does not want to feel that whatever it is it's way down in there that a part of our awareness knows it's there and is like, nope, lockdown. We will not feel that one <laughs> um, because it's not safe. I mean, if you boil it down, it usually goes, 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 goes until you hit fear. And then you just have to sit with fear. Like, what mm. does fear feel like? What is it trying to tell me right now? Mm. Like literally, what does it feel like? Where does it live? It's in my liver, you know, in my lungs. Um, yeah, and then the compassion of being like, oh, honey, you're just afraid right now. Mm. How's that feel? Just just I I I was recently listening to something. I don't know where I've listened to so many things. I don't know where I heard it, but it just struck home. Someone said um, your inner child. And sometimes I cringe with the inner child talk, but this one was good. And they said, uh, they said a lot of times when that fear base, if you get really, really low, it's our, our, just our small little child. And they said that that child will never go away. There's never like this healing that's going to happen where you're going to make that child not speak you know, but it's just really learning to be okay and sit with her or him when it's being vulnerable, when it's feeling it. And so many times we just, we just try to shut that kid up, just send it to the corner. We're going to get this grocery list. You just be quiet, you know, don't be afraid. I got this. And the kid's like, do you really? Because you're not listening to me. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. I mean, and that theme keeps coming up for me too. And we discussed empathy and we, we discussed a lot of things and that keeps coming up is that everybody has that child. Mm. which is informing certain behaviors quite often, you mm-hmm. know, things that look like resistance or anger or all kinds of things. And it's really that we're, a lot of us haven't been able to express that part of ourselves and get the comfort that we needed. And so I just really think everybody's walking around wounded. So I see all kinds of things and I'm like, Oh, wound. Oh, 
Yeah. That person needs a hug. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can that see person. it in the body. Yeah. I, one of my practices I like to do or, or activities to entertain myself. I like to do is like sit on a bench and just watch people and, and watch for their, like, you can see someone's soul inside the body. So you're looking at that energy, but you're also seeing like the way they're holding their body and the curvature and like how they walk. And you see that wounded side. It's like, you can see this shining energy and then this wounded. And we, we walk around so much with pain on our shoulders and, you know, in our hips and, and um, yeah, because we're, we're, we're kind of lost in a lot of ways to ourselves. Um, and I think we, we, we listen too much to the resistance that gatekeeper is a really good, loud voice in our, our room full of characters. And it, it's, it's, a that can be honored too. I mean, it's trying to do a good job when you, when you're speaking and, and, and I think about how I'm, seeing all the wounds coming up um, we don't have a place to put that stuff in our society we don't have um people talking about it and how to do it and where to put it and rites and rituals and spaces for that we don't have sweat lodges and we don't have long houses and circles and things like that i see a resurgence of that type of stuff coming because it's so needed it's so needed. Yeah. Well, I would say that I'm viewing my resistance, at least as an invitation to, to listen to the child. Maybe that's how I could put it. Right. When I notice resistance in myself, when my first reaction is no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to just start to listen. Yeah. I like that. You're, you're saying that and, and just the braver bravery that you have to have for curiosity. Um, it takes a lot of, of openness, but it's so, it's so worth it. Um, but it does take a lot. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's heavy. Um, my experience mid December I had a very hard conversation with a, a very good friend of mine, probably over 30 years now. And I came to her with all of my list of how I felt like she could be a better friend. So, and again, in retrospect, in a more of a righteous stance, um, and she reflected back to me how I could be a better friend. And it was a hard, hard thing to hear. And afterwards, I had a few days of crazy resistance. And how I knew I was resisting hearing the words that she had told me is my mind was just really jacked up. It was just looping, looping, looping. And it was in this like, She's the bad person. I'm the good person. And also a lot of what I was feeling is a lot of shame and guilt. So in that experience, I knew 
resistance was happening to actually allow investigation of what she had told me if it were true. And of course, there's two sides of the story. So you can never be sure like what someone else's experience is and how truthful that is. But you can really, what I did is just allowed, allowed it to sink in kind of what same process you did of just questioning, just leaning in it, allowing the, the crazy mind to unwind and the emotions to settle. But that's how I knew I was triggered in it and why and how. It's like, I think we need to learn in our experience when we're actually triggered too, because sometimes we can glide right over, especially if it's super uncomfortable. We just want to glide right over. And in this thing, I could have just been like, well, I'm right. She's wrong, obviously, because I'm perfect. (laughs) You know, how could she say that to me? But because I'm so interested in learning about myself and growth and being the best human being as I can be, I really, again, I just sat with those emotions and, and I slowly allowed that information into my experience and, you know, admitting to myself, (laughs) I have a lot to learn still, and that's a beautiful thing. And the fact that she was brave enough to tell some stuff to me that I needed to hear was um, she she was a mirror for me, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but yeah, if I had just resisted, I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, gotten those gifts given to me. You said so many good things there. Um, And so two, I just want to touch on two of them. One is like, just to say there's resistance. I feel a little resistance happening. Leave it. I'll just throw more, that layer, the extra layer of just to the audience is like learning what your resistance looks like. Yeah. Because I think we have a, a little everyone has a little different flavor of it. For sure. The other thing that you said, which I think is so critical, you said that there are two sides to every story, Mm. right? How we perceive something may not be the facts about something. And Mm -hmm. especially when you're going down this road of resistance about, and you may find yourself in childhood, with a feeling or something that happened. And we may never know the facts. We may never get that chance to know the facts. It doesn't even matter. What matters is how you perceived what happened. I think it matters when you're going to someone and saying, hey, you did this to me. And it felt like, so I would maybe, if if this were me, I would say, hey, when that thing happened, I felt like this. Mm -hmm. Or what was your experience of this incident? Because we just don't, you know, sometimes we don't get access to the truth. We have, we only have access to our perception of what happened. And, and I guess in, in this realm of personal growth, our perception of what happened is kind of the most important thing. Yeah. 
I'm still chewing on that. Um, I mean, in this world, we can just show up the best way that we know possible in the moment of where our development is. And I think it's always good to keep that in mind because we're constantly rubbing up against other people and everyone has their own personal perception. I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. It's amazing that we function (laughs) as humans. (laughs) If you think of how many many perceptions are like how many perspectives are out there. Yeah. Millions and millions and millions of perspectives that are just, and that creates reality. It's just wild to think about it. And and so when I say that what you know we focus on our own perception, that is not to deny the other person's experience because we can hold space, but yeah. to but to not get so mired in what is true or am I right? It's like right in the same yeah. way you want to be able to express your the way that you perceive something, mm-hmm. then you have to allow the other person to express their way of perceiving. Yeah. And it's interesting when, especially when it's someone you love so dearly. And I think for me to hold that space with her and then also to hold it with myself afterwards. And you said about the food and then the course, it came down to, I committed to this course. I said yes to this. So for me to hold that space with myself, I think that's, it came back to that is like, I can, I've committed to her as a, a, as a lifelong friend, you know, and that's really important to me at this point in our relationship. We're still, I mean, she's a mirror. So we've, we've gone through a few things together, but, um, it's very worth it for me to keep her keep our relationship alive. And so that commitment I was able to have as a foundation to look at that stuff and and be like, yeah, there's two, there's two different perspectives rubbing up against each other. Like, and it's funny. It's a, it's, it was almost like we were saying the same thing to each other, but just in our own experiences. And basically what we were saying is I want you I want to feel like I matter in your life. That's what it boiled down to. I want to feel like I'm loved by you and that you care for me still and that I mean something. And, and we both had kind of lost that. And that's where, um, yeah, the feeling of abandonment, abandonment started coming in and stuff like that. But back to resistance is like, sometimes it's hard to bring in our ego is there to, to, to it's designed to make us feel like we're the right ones. Our perspective is the, the number one. <laughs> Everyone just thought like me, saw like me, the world would be a better place. Um, but it's not the truth, <laughs> you know, um, it's part of the truth, very a part sliver as I contribute to it the best I know how. 
Yeah. yeah. It, it takes, it takes a lot of holding and a lot of space, I think, um, to try to see from another perspective and, uh, with humility. Oh yeah. I'd really like to follow the thread of this resistance through 2022, you know, keep touching on it because I think that it's really relevant, especially with this whole world going through COVID, going through how to deal with COVID. There's a lot of resistance happening and maybe we're coming out of it. I, I, I don't know, but as we come out, we're almost like victims of trauma. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, we're not coming out of the implications of what happened through it. Right. So I feel that this is going to be a big theme for a lot of people. I just want to, I'm personally dealing, you know, with my own resistance and that's sort of my personal theme, but I think it's going to be big. So I'd like to just keep kind of touching base on it throughout the year and see what's co- what's coming up for the collective what's coming up for us um as individuals i i love that because you know what we're going through a major spiritual transformation on this earth i mean i really believe that collectively we are in the fires right now and it's not pushing away resistance or getting rid of resistance i think the way you're pointing to is like getting curious about resistance, what it looks like and how to, because, because there's such a wealth of information once you, you get past that gatekeeper and that's where that the growth is. I mean, when I was in the middle of it, the last couple of months, I was like, dude, I don't want to grow anymore. (laughs) No, leave me alone. I mean, I, I'd have some days of calmness or a couple of weeks I have, but like, then I go back down. I mean, I might go back down next week. I mean, who knows when it happens, but it's like when you're in it is it's, there's so much to be learned down in that, in the dark tunnel. It's, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's where the learning happens. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people do learning through love and light, but I tend to do it through darkness. And I, I was wanting to write myself an email or some kind of post it to like remind myself because when you're in the darkness, it's hard to see and it, it can be so painful and the resistance to it that it's hard to remember that that it's almost a gift to be given when you go into the darkness that I was wondering if it'd be, it'd be kind of like tripping on mushrooms where you, you write down powerful (laughs) realizations. And then afterwards, when you come out, you're like, that's so cliche. Like, of course, (laughs) (laughs) don't resist the resistance. Yeah. (laughs) Be curious. (laughs) Look, I I think we've been doing the show for almost a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've talked on a lot of things. And what I notice is we keep coming back. The reason we keep coming back is because they're true. There's almost like 10 things. I don't, I haven't articulated. Right. And so it's compassion, compassion. Like, I mean, this is the truth for me. Any issue that we have in the world right now can be solved if we have love. 
Okay. And people are like, oh, how are you going to solve these complex, you know, environmental issues or complex social justice issues with love? It is love. If you love the earth, then how you move in the earth will reflect love. That action will bring about change, right? Positive change for the earth. So it does seem stupid and trite. All you need is love. Well, you know what? We need a lot more love. (laughs) So, so let's try it. How about let's try it? How about stop resisting the fact that it's such a simple answer and try it. So I think there's lots of invitations to deal with resistance, to acknowledge resistance, to get curious about it. And then that I do think that that is a pathway to spiritual awakening, to alignment with ourselves. Just go down that dark rabbit hole, take a flashlight, take a friend, you know, but definitely go down, go down because we're going to, we're going to need to. Yeah. And I think again, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so big on practice. I hate to keep saying that word, but it's, it's almost like life being practice, you know? Um, and you got to learn how to love. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of, um, people still have a weird conception of what love is. It's very personal but you're talking about big love. You're talking about love that's lined with spirit. And that has so much space. And when you open into that space, it's full of information and create a creative impulse of new ideas and how to figure things out. You know, it's not from a small perspective. It's a very, very large. And the, the larger, when you dip into that large love, it's, it's collective. So it's, and when we're dealing with collective, it, you know, there's no stopping the collective love. Collective that's energy. right. Yeah. That's right. That's learning, learning how, I mean, for me, one of my main practices is breath work because it's, I got to think, get out of my thinking brain. And it's a practice that very quickly shifts my consciousness and internally into my internal world beyond my physical, beyond my humanness. It, it, it like it, I love it because it incorporates my humanness and then, it, and then it connects me to that spiritual love every time within 10 minutes I'm in it. And every time I just cry because it's like this, this human experience experiences it's intense and it's beautiful and it's like crack your heart open when you connect to spirit and realize how how woven we are in this this quilt of humanity you know um and how precious the gift is to wake up to it and how you know it it makes me think like how how present can i be to it how can i serve it because if this is the only life i got i want to like i want to be awake for it <laughs> i don't want to be asleep yes and i like what you said i'm going to bring this home 
which is doesn't matter how connected you are. Sometimes you're just in it. I will say um, that I agree. Practice whatever the practice is, right? It's the practice of breath work, practice of meditation, practice of mindfulness, practice of presence. All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things help. And we still will go through. I personally hope that all of my tools bring me through these things with a little more grace but it's really uncomfortable and sometimes it's ugly. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. no two ways about it. <laughs> and um, intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just no two ways about it because that's the process of being a human being. Yeah. But I think there it's aspirational to stay longer and longer in those spaces, longer and longer imbued with those feelings. And when we do kind of have a low, it it's maybe a shorter period of time. We get back on our path quicker. I don't know. I'm just walking this with like everybody well, maybe, else. And that, and that also what I'm realizing, that is the path. It's like we didn't even fall off the path. That is that's actually, true. That I, you know, I'm trying, I'm, that's one of my lessons I'm learning is like, because there's this desperation feeling when I go into the darkness that feels like I got lost or I'm off the path or I'm fucked up, you know, but like, I'm realizing this, that is the path still. I just go walking through the dark woods at the moment or wherever. You know? I like that you said that. I really do. Yeah. I like that you said that because that is true. Everyone's like, get on your path, get on your path. Well, sometimes your path doesn't look like much of a path, right? Well, it looks and you like were saying thing. that decisions we make send us off on a, you know, detour but it's not really a detour because you're still on your path so it's like right who's making who's making this story up anyway (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's so true it's so true we want everything so neat and tidy you do these three steps you want these three steps organization yeah (laughs) that's a lot i guess we're out of luck you know because it's, it's really messy there's a lot of detours we think we're making a mistake but it is not a mistake right it's just an opportunity we think we're having resistance but again it's just an invitation to find stuff out about ourselves and connect dots and listen to the child and heal wounds i mean <laughs> I think what I've gotten from it. this podcast, Tara, is that coaching is not uh, a light endeavor. No. Coaching is a seriously transformative endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a beautiful experience when you can do that with someone. You know, it's, again, it's like walking through that dark woods, but now someone's holding your hand or, or pushing you along, you know, or maybe has a lantern out in front of you. Uh, that's it. I mean, that's what we are. That's what we are as coaches. And it's, but it's really the transformation, like one moment that you have of insight as to why you perhaps behave the way you have your whole life. One moment of seeing clearly where that came from why it was important for you to act like that, maybe why was it important for you to adopt that behavior because that was protective. And maybe now you don't need that anymore because you have this insight. It's such a powerful transformational tool. I mean, it's, it's really, I, 
I am passionate about it because I see what happens just in my conversations, not even coaching conversations, but just with the ability to hold space for people. It's very powerful. Thank you for holding space for my resistance and sharing your experience with resistance. I mean, we all have it, whether you were right to point out whether we recognize it or not is another story. Sometimes it does take someone else to point it out to you. I would just say this. If you find yourself saying, I don't want to, I'm not going to, or (laughs) you can't make me, (laughs) you don't have to do it, but just get curious about why. Yeah. Why is that up? I would love to do that, but. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What are the excuses that we're, that we're giving? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I'm definitely right. And you're definitely wrong. (laughs) Those are kind of uh, key words and phrases that might point you to do a little more investigation about that as well. I find um, one more quick uh, tip is I find when I'm in resistance, my body naturally wants to um, cross its arms and it's, it's protecting that the organs that's definitely a stance of resistance. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Right. Thanks for bringing this topic up. This is great. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. If this episode resonated with you or made you think about someone you know, please pay it forward and like, subscribe, and share it. We appreciate it.